0: Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast series, In Conversation with Dan Breaux Business, where we'll be speaking to business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the region to get the inside scoop on how they got to where they got to and the successes that they've had in their business lives. Our first guest is our very own Helen Broughton, um, our CEO and co-founder. Thank you very much for doing this uh, today, <laughs> Helen. Um, I wonder if we could start with, sort of, for the benefit of anybody who doesn't know, Um, A little bit about yourself, uh, Danbro in general, and and how we are, where we are today.
1: That's a lot of questions.
0: (laughs) It's going to get worse.
1: (laughs) I'll try and keep it short and snappy. Thank you. So we started the business in 1998, incorporated in 1999, the first uh, company in the group. And we started really because Damien had been made redundant. We were... Four years into married life, we had one child at that time. Uh, we both come from families that were in business. I'm a farmer's daughter, uh, the eldest of five and the only girl. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and we just, we just got stuck in. We thought about, well, what can we do? We looked at different business options. We looked at running a post office, buying and running a pub. Uh, Damien even got a licensee's. License, so we explored a number of different things, uh, and one of the things we explored was uh, accountancy. Damien's a chartered accountant, charter management accountant, and I, I was reasonable at admin. Uh, I was 26 at the time, so still relatively Only young, young. Uh, and so we had nothing to lose. So we just got on, and, and Dambro was formed. And we just went went on from there. Does that answer all yeah, of absolutely. your, your well, questions? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to
0: ask, So, because obviously, as you mentioned, Damien got made redundant. Yeah. What made you want to start your own business rather than Damien going and getting a job somewhere else as an accountant? Well, I
1: was a stay-at-home mum. Okay. So uh, I, when, when we had Daniel, that was a choice that we made, that I would stay at home and look after the children. So going out to work didn't feel like uh, an option. So it would have to be something that I could do from home. Um and running our own business i think for anyone that's been through the experience of being made redundant mm. you know this that decision is is not one you make yeah. it's one that is made to you and there was this sense of well actually we want our destiny to be in our own hands rather than somebody else's yeah. uh, and we weren't afraid of failing at something and we weren't aware, afraid of working hard and trying uh, so so that was that was really it wasn't really well thought out to be honest it was just let's just try this and see what it did and I think because of our upbringing so Damien's uh, mom and dad ran a small manufacturing company in Manchester my mom and dad were farmers so you kind of get used to uh, the risk reward aspects of running your own business and what you get used to the hard work that it takes like when you run your own business nine to five is gen in my experience nine to five is a a fallacy yeah. it just doesn't happen um and yeah just the excitement of it you just think well let's see and we heard about other people that had done a similar kind of thing so then you think well if it's possible for them why not
0: for us yeah.
1: and then you just just get going
0: so so one of the questions that we're going to be asking a lot of people is about how they sort of raise the requisite funds to start their own business and that sort of stuff i'm assuming it was related to the redundancy that that sort of pushed you into let's let's we've got this part let's we, go. we had
1: like think it's two or three grand right okay Uh, and the dambro actually didn't the only thing it cost starting up was um we may have bought a computer we might have already had one but it was the advert the cost of the advert in because back in the day people bought magazines (laughs) or and that's how you advertise the business in the back of a magazine Uh, so we paid for the advert with his redundancy money and we were kind of off yeah you know we sourced a lot of free stuff i spent a lot of time on the phone to hmrc finding out how to do things a lot of research about uh how how things were meant to happen initially we may have even used free software or we're very reliant on excel
0: uh,
1: and word you know it was very manual we still had paper files Uh, we had a filing cabinet and a uh, the desk we didn't we may have bought the filing cabinet but the desk was one An old one that we already had. We used a room in our house, so there were no overheads. We used our our landline number back in the day when people still had landlines. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, we just started from there. And I think I think that's the beauty of when you start afresh and you don't really know a lot. Is you just you just think about well what what we'll do for this, and then as you get bigger and you get more sophisticated, then you add in things that help you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to share this, but I remember every Sunday night, I would go through every single file. There weren't a lot. There might have been <laughs> like 12. Every single client file to look where we were up to.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. And these are hard copy yeah. files Oh and yeah,
1: stuff. yeah. You know, I took great pride in designing this file <laughs> with all the different tabs for the different sections. And then we had an activity sheet that recorded everything we yeah. did and we used to fill that in. So I'd have a look. Uh, what needed doing for that client that week. It was yes. a very manual process. And I remember Damien saying to me, Helen, why don't you just put it all on an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> and then it'll, you know, you're looking in one place. And I went, oh, yeah, all right then.
0: And that's gone, what yeah, we
1: hacks, did. <laughs> well, no, they can't. Be. Hacking wasn't a thing uh, back in the late 90s. It probably was, <laughs> but not in our uh, awareness. So, yeah, we just, things like that. And then you learn as you go along. You make yeah. mistakes and you learn from mistakes. Um
0: Wow, what about the dynamic between you and Damien? Because I'm right in saying you'd not worked together before that.
1: No, well, we, a lot we, of
0: couples do get into yeah. business together. How did that? Sort we
1: of we had so um, we had actually worked together oh, on okay. a temporary contract. So uh, we got married in '94, uh, and I had a couple of miscarriages in the first year of of being married. We didn't intend to have children so soon, but really, really shook me, and I ended up finishing i worked for a local authority and i think as our first child would have been due i just didn't like the thought of staying in work i'd always i grew up wanting to be a, a just a mom yeah. and a wife you know if you'd have asked anyone i went to school with it would be what what, what do you remember helen wanted to do i'll just get married and have children <laughs> um so the person i am today feels quite alien yeah. from what i i was back then so anyway so we I finished my uh, job. Fortunately, Damien earned enough for us to be able to, uh, to live uh, and pay the bills. And then I just got temp jobs okay. from then after. And then when I got pregnant with Daniel, Damien was working for a car dealership that were really behind with uh, some of the accounts uh, the purchase ledger and stuff like that. And I went there as an attempt. So that was our first experience of working together. Okay. So we were in uh, the same office. I think there were three deaths. I worked on one big screen and Damien worked the other <laughs> side of the screen. But I remember us pulling some ridiculously long uh, days yeah. to get through the work. Uh, and he's, he's a very patient man. He's, he's very different to me in that respect. I'm yeah. more impulsive, uh, slightly less patient a lot less patient <laughs> and uh yeah so it started that was our first experience of working together uh we don't have we have a, a really uh, a good relationship you know we get on well with very different people mm. so we don't have a volatile relationship at yeah. all so it was always quite quite that's always been quite nice and then so we started dambro but to be honest we we probably haven't worked that closely together because we've different areas. In the early days, Damien was still working. You know, we didn't take any income for the first three and a bit years from the company. So Danbrell had been going three, three stroke, four years before we actually took any income uh, from it. And I would be at home in the office, we had the children and Damien would be out doing his work and he used to do the client used to take the client files with him. Uh, and do the accounts in the evening and I would take the inquiries and then if anyone wanted to actually speak to an accountant, yeah. Damien would pick those inquiries up and give them give them a call back. So that's how we did it. Wow. So we didn't actually, we weren't in each other's yeah. uh, faces, if you like. And then as the company has grown, I'm very much at uh, play to my strengths, which are probably more relational, more people-orientated. Yeah. So I've always looked after people and HR and yeah. um, And Damien's more uh, into the the bookkeeping, you know, so he and he was the accountant. So he did that side. I did the admin and looked after the people. And he did the uh, accounts and the more technical stuff, the marketing, the sales, all that. So
0: so would you say overall it's been more of a help than a hindrance working in in partnership with you? Definitely, because
1: we have different strengths and the way we work is very differently, very different. I know you've got a question coming up later. Uh, And you may get, I think, more latterly or more recently, uh, you know, our lives are changing. Mm. And so that's been a different, a different dynamic. Now, it was about
0: Damien stepping away from the business, was it? So how does that feel for you? It's going to be a bit of a change.
1: It's absolutely a change because we go from um, me. So we started the business. I was, you know, the mom, I worked part time until I, I can't remember the year I actually started working. Times over 10 years uh, now, uh, and so he, it was like the traditional thing you know, he was the man I worked slightly less hours, although we both worked on the business and we've always been very equal in the business. But he held the MD's role, the slightly more senior mm. role, and even now he's the chairman. But that is changing, so he's going to be retiring next March for him personally. That's a huge, transition, mm. uh, and. For me too. You know, he'll always be there to be a sounding board and ask advice. Uh, but then I have more knowledge of the day-to-day and he has less. And yeah. that's slightly uncomfortable.
0: I suppose it's, it's been staggered anyway because he's taken a bit of a step back yeah. from what he, from the yeah. involvement that he used to have anyway. It
1: is. I don't know that that's – maybe hindsight will say that that has helped. Um, but there's still this, like, cut-off yeah. that's, that's quite hard to get your head around when you've grown something from – from nothing, yeah. You know, you're very, very invested, yeah. in it. So we'll see how that that pans out.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll do this interview again in a year. Maybe, so maybe, yeah. Um, going back to the to the start, to the earlier yeah. days, what was your would you say for each of you was your biggest fear going into the business? You, had, you said you had a young family. You know,
1: I, I don't recall feeling fearful really,
0: okay. at all. Is that more to do with your circumstances or your personalities or? Um, just a lot of belief in, in what you were doing?
1: So, I think we had enough to pay it. We weren't, we weren't, we had enough to pay the bills, to put food on the table. Uh, we, we weren't, what you'd say, rich. We just had enough. We could mm. pay the mortgage. We could pay the bills. We could pay. And I think as long as we could do that, then the, it felt like the pressure was off. Okay, You know, it, there wasn't this sense. We lived uh, on an overdraft uh, we lived on credit cards that weren't always paid off every month, and that happened for a long time into the business. Okay. We didn't have, um, we had a business bank account, but we didn't have, we didn't pay the fees for an overdraft or a company credit card uh, until we got much, much bigger and much, much more established. So we funded the business personally wow. through our own you know overdraft and yeah. credit cards. But there was, I don't know, I suppose that's offset with your sense of excitement. You know, every time I remember feeling so excited every time we got a new client. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, we've got another one. Yeah. And there was almost this mixture of excitement, uh, but this slight disbelief that this might actually be uh, successful. It might actually do what we set out for it to do.
0: And obviously,
1: it has um, done. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I think the fact that we were younger, um, we weren't fearful of of business. We had enough to live off.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: kind of. There, there wasn't really a, a fear.
0: Yeah. You know, and, yeah. I suppose it's, it's kind of, it sounds a little bit like there was no plan B. Plan A was make it work and there wasn't yeah. so well, much a, an option to, to I fail. think
1: there probably was a plan B that in that if not, if this doesn't succeed, we'll do something else. Okay. Okay. There was just this innate belief that if not this, then something else. Yeah. And we weren't precious about what it was. Yeah. That we just do something. I think we probably would have just kept trying. Indeed, we'd already tried. Uh, a couple of things that had not worked very well.
0: If, if this hadn't worked, what what do you think you'd have uh, gone to? Oh, who a bit knows? One thing.
1: Who knows? I actually do not know because this <laughs> has it suited us perfectly. Because yeah. we used we used what we had,
0: and it uses both of your strengths.
1: Yeah, I mean, we 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 have a faith, and I remember. Uh, so we like pray about stuff, and I remember uh, there's a, a verse in the Bible that talks about using what you have. Okay. Uh, investing in what you have. And so we sat down and we said, well, what do we have? Damien had this Chartered Management Accounting qualification. And I i was quite organized and reasonably good at admin, so I thought my first <laughs> boss might not have said the same thing. But anyway, I had this understanding of what organized was. And so we just said, well, that's what we've got. So that's what came about. Well, let's see if we can do accounts for yeah. other people. In fact, our first paid job was a business plan.
0: Oh, wow, well, okay. uh,
1: For somebody, and that came... We advertised in the... Was it the Farmer's Guardian or the Farmer's Weekly initially because coming from a farming background, you know, farmers always need yeah, help yeah. with accounts. Uh, I'm probably glad that side of the business didn't <laughs> take off because <laughs> they're not the easiest of accounts to do. Um, so we, we did advertise for a little while in there and then helped some... Well, Damien, Damien did it. Helped someone with a business plan.
0: So it sounds... Like you were quite stretched at the, in the early days in terms of like you know here there and everywhere doing different jobs, looking after young children we and stuff.
1: We didn't take time off.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds we, like pretty heavy.
1: Well, I remember we we took calls at ten o'clock at night from wow. clients. We didn't have any boundaries, especially when we worked from home. We worked at the weekends uh, often till often we would work till twelve well, one wow. o'clock in the morning.
0: Have you always had that work ethic? I and mean, coming from a farming background, it's
1: yeah. So me, me more so than Damien. We okay. both have a strong work ethic, but he has uh, much healthier boundaries okay. than I uh, would do. Uh, so, yeah. So we weren't, we weren't afraid of the hard work. You just saw it as a... I didn't, well, I'm, I'm saying in hindsight, we saw it as a means to an end. Yeah. The work was there, so we just did it. And originally, we never intended to set out and have this huge business. We just wanted enough to live off so that Damien didn't have to work for someone else. He could work yeah. for himself and we could pay the bills.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when that arrived, um, you know, you realise that there are additional costs of running a business that we'd not properly, account- we didn't have a business plan or anything like that. Yeah. We didn't really understand what we would need. And then the business just kept growing and growing and growing. So we just kept working and working and working. I remember one year when the kids were little, I think I worked it out, including weekends. We had about 10 days off. Wow. Uh, and on some of the, I think we went to Bournemouth for a little holiday. We only had Daniel and Grace at that time. We had a lovely, a lovely time. And we took client calls when we were on holiday. But do you know what? It didn't feel, It actually, I think we it felt invigorating. Okay. Because something that you'd started actually was gaining traction. Uh, so, And you do have, I think when you're engaged in something and you, you have this energy that comes from somewhere, it's not a chore. Yeah. So I don't I look I look back on those times with real I suppose fondness. Because so you, you were you, close to everything.
0: Okay, so you wouldn't look back and say that you were guilty of putting the business's welfare ahead of your your own. Oh absolutely
1: of... guilty of that. 100%. Oh really? Okay. hundred percent. Do my, you
0: regret that or one
1: of my biggest regrets is our second child Grace, when she was born, I went back to work when Damien went back to work. So he had two weeks paternity mm-hmm. and I went back in the office when he his paternity ended. I would be horrified uh, if uh, anyone was expected to do that now. Really? Yeah. So, but I say that I was. I was working from home. Uh, we had my mum used to help a lot. Mum helped us start the business. Yeah. Uh, and we had a family friend, a lady that we actually employed to come in. I think two, three days a week, and she would help look after the children. But one of my biggest regrets is not being. Around as much in Grace's first year. Mm. And I think that probably resulted in a better decision when our third child, Elizabeth, was born. Yeah. Uh, I actually did take a full 12 months out I of the business you learn as
0: you go, don't you? Of
1: course you do. But at the time, you don't regret it while you're in it. It's yeah. only when you look back
0: yeah.
1: and you think, you know, I, I wish I could have been there a little bit more. But yeah. then you've got to balance that. You know, that, that was the sacrifice. And the other bit, the business succeeding, was the reward.
0: And I suppose going back, that's going back 20 years, I mean... Yeah, she's um,
1: 23 now.
0: 23 then. Mm. So mental health and uh, work-life balance and all that wasn't, I suppose, spoken about then as as much now. How would you say you manage that now, your your time, your mental health, anxiety, stresses, that sort of stuff? Is that something you've got better at over Uh,
1: time? I think being more aware means you handle it better. I've been seeing a counsellor for seven years, so... um, and it took me a long time to even admit that I did that. I I grew up with with a mum who was depressed.
0: Right, okay.
1: You know, so I've been around, you know, mental health. Her mum before her was on tranquilizers. Wow. Um because they didn't prescribe antidepressants back in in those times. You were on the hardcore stuff, a tranquilizer. My mum too took them for a time. Not for as not as much as my grandma, but for a little time. Uh, so I I was familiar with mental health, but nobody talks about it in those terms. You know, there was probably probably some stigma around mm-hmm. it. Uh, not like nowadays. Nowadays it's much, much healthier in that, uh, you know, we openly talk about yeah. mental health. We openly inquire how you're doing, how you're feeling. We talk a lot more about feelings. And I'm a bit of a talker. Yeah. So I am quite an open book, so I will will share stuff with you know some friends and and that always helps make makes me feel a little bit better and I've got better at noticing how I'm feeling just through the work that I've done uh with the counsellor you know about becoming more self-aware so why do I react like that why do I feel that way about that person or this situation uh and then you know having that awareness of actually ah oh, that's why okay I might, I might not take to that person, but the reason I don't take to that person is because actually I've seen some things about in myself that I don't actually like about myself. Okay. And then you can, you can change that. You can work on that. You can change it.
0: So. But as a, as a leader of 100-odd people, 150-odd people, plus the clients and everybody else involved in the business, you, you project optimism and positivity and that sort of stuff. Is that... Because a lot more eyeballs are on you than, say, other people in the business. How hard is that? Do, do you have to fake it? sometimes or do you feel that that you've Um, got to sort of project that i
1: probably faked it more in the past than i do now um i think i've i've come from a really down-to-earth family you know my uh my dad was a farmer his dad was a farmer his dad before him was a farmer things people you know is it a spade is a spade They say it how it is. They're from East Lancashire. So uh, very, mum's very much from a working class background. You know, dad was a miner. Mum worked in the mills. You know, you don't pussyfoot around. Uh, You know, it's it's just, it's straight talking, but it's it's really grounded. And so you never forget that you're uh, human, that you're fallible. Uh, I, I remember here, you know, you know better than anybody else. So my dad, my dad is a brilliant example of that. He would talk to the Queen exactly the same <laughs> as he talked to the dustman. Uh, and he's just always, and he still is, he still is that kind of person. I think I've got a bit of that sense of, do you know what, we're all human beings. And for some reason, uh, some people end up in positions that are, seem more successful than others. Yeah. Depends how you measure success, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I've forgotten what your question was.
0: Well, I suppose, well, what you were saying there links to my next question, which was about uh, managing other people's mental health. And would you say your experiences have have influenced and shaped that? Because it is something that is taken very seriously within this company. You do feel that. Is that something you've actively sort of...
1: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely shaped by my experience growing up uh, and my awareness that... uh, I don't know, just have my I suppose my awareness of how much better I felt talking to somebody okay. about just sometimes just completely random stuff mm-hmm. and then realising that not everybody had that. And so actually as an employer who's who loves people and wants to see people do well and grow, uh you have to provide, you have to be a safe place
0: yeah.
1: for people to say, Do you know what, I'm struggling, I'm not having a great day. Yeah. Or I was up all night with, you know, whatever crises happens, and life just happens, doesn't it? Yeah. People go through stuff. My own experience, uh, you know, with uh, miscarriages. Damien's experience had a lot of loss in his family, and it it knocks you. It knocks you, but you need people around you who just say, "It's okay. I'll just walk with you on this little stretch of life that is going to be super, super tough." Mm then why wouldn't you do that? Why That's wouldn't you do that? Because the end result is somebody who is stronger, more resilient, more loving, more open, and they kind of do that for other people. So for me, it just felt a very, like a very natural thing to do.
0: You know? it's very It'll be very encouraging for people watching this to see somebody in your position talk about that sort of stuff because yeah. I, I still think even now not, not enough people sort of go into yeah. that. Um, it turned, going back to sort of the, the, the early part of the business then and bringing people in, did you find it difficult to trust new people? Because you're you, you bringing people in who you've never met before yeah. to, to take on and continue what you and Damien have started. You know,
1: a lot of our first employees
0: were family. Well, well yeah, so you grab was...
1: whoever whoever's willing. <laughs> uh, our first employee was my auntie. Actually, okay. she married to my dad's my mum's brother, and uh, this building was opened by her actually okay. Jubilee House. So Sharon, uh, she uh, she was our first first ever employee. In terms of trust, naturally, I'm a trust first person. Okay. I actually find it really easy. I go out there, and you will get my trust. You can lose it. Okay. But you'll you'll get it. Have you never, have you ever been
0: burnt by that sort of? Of course. Yeah.
1: Of course, but it's just uh, I'm determined not to let. The minority of times you have a bad experience influence how you interact with everyone else. The vast majority of people rock up to work wanting to do a good job.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the vast majority. Uh, The vast majority of people will take care of whatever it is you entrust them with. There's these odd ones that don't. And the reasons for that can be really varied, not necessarily because they're a bad person. Yeah. You know, life dictates that they make some decisions that in hindsight are a bit silly.
0: And you must have learned so much more about people over the last oh, 20 years completely. in doing this.
1: I have more experience of uh, people who go completely above and beyond than I have of people who, who take the mick or take advantage. That's
0: encouraging. In terms of being a, de- being, um, a delegator, and transitioning to that you have mentioned that you've got four younger brothers so i'm guessing that just came naturally oh, absolutely right? came naturally
1: yeah I, in uh, anyone who's grown up in a farming family will know uh, that they're probably not as um as advanced when it comes to gender equality <laughs> as other sectors of society and i hope that doesn't offend anybody um but you know the men would work on the farm and the, the women would my experience was the women would you know, look after the house and make the food and uh, look, bring up the children, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and so so I would be expected more to help in the house. The boys would be expected to more help on the farm. Uh, but I, there were four of us. So I've got four brothers, but four of us grew up together. Yeah. Our youngest brother was born with a 20-year gap. Yeah. So he's my children's age Um And he actually works in the business. But in terms of the first four, the first batch, I call us. So there was me, 12 months younger is another brother. A two-year gap, another brother. 11 months later, another brother. So there is four of us born within five years. So we were very close. And the boys love fighting. (laughs) You know, there was lots of play fights that went bad. Uh, And obviously, it's it's a lot, isn't it? Mum was very young when she had... Me, she had all four of us by the time she was 22 years old. Wow, I was born when she was just 17. They were married at 16, they're on a a little farm. Life is super, super hard. Yeah, we didn't have an indoor bathroom till I was eight years old. I actually remember the first time we had a bath in our house, Uh, and when I say an indoor bathroom, I mean a toilet either. The toilet was outside. Um, so and even in my generation, you know, not everybody, it wasn't common that you didn't have an indoor toilet maybe the generation before so mum and dad worked super hard and had it super tough so as the eldest and the girl i was expected to to help a little bit um and so being bossy just became part of my my personality or delegating as you more kind of yeah.
0: it. Well, they obviously got used yeah. to it because a lot. Of the, I think all of the brothers at some have point or have, yeah. have worked here, so it's yeah. testament to Yeah, two, delegation two still stuff. do. In fact,
1: two do. One, one does a bit of part-time work as well as his other full-time job.
0: But yeah. so, so, do you feel the pressure though away from the, from family members in, in the business in terms of accountability and stuff? Do you, do you feel accountable to the people that that work? you've got? Obviously, thousands of clients. It's, thousands of
1: yeah. It's my primary responsibility. And you you, are, I am responsible for the livelihoods of everybody we employ uh, and we employ them because clients trust us to deliver a service to them. So both groups are super, super important um, and the weight of that responsibility at times has been heavy and so it's been hard.
0: Are there ever times, I'm assuming from your answer there, that there are where that responsibility and pressure overwhelms the sense of opportunity of oh, being a business yeah,
1: owner? Yeah, yeah.
0: Thankfully, Thankfully not too true.
1: many times, okay. not too many times. I mean, I might have spoken about it before, but I remember one particular time we'd had a, 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 a software rollout in the business that did not go well, yeah, and we made some huge errors uh, and a huge detriment to some of our our clients. that was re- but the cost as well was our employees were working, some of them eighteen nineteen hour days uh, I Struggled to sleep at that time. I think that's probably the first time, I actually, the only time I've actually thought, I, I don't know if I'm mentally resilient enough
0: to to live through this. That was more. Was that sort of fairly recent? Or that that was about.
1: We were in Jubilee House, so it was in the, within the last seven years, maybe oh, wow. okay. maybe six years ago.
0: So it was all Can't fully established.
1: Now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of employees. Um, and it was just that—that that sense of, oh my goodness, this this could be it. This oh could be goodness. it. I remember lots of tears, and I'm not really a crier, so so I've had my wobbles and I've had my moments. Um, and then another another time, uh, much further, back, probably a, there's probably three incidents where I have literally felt you know when you get that heart sinking moment. Yeah. And you just think...
0: Weight of the world.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> I do not know how we are going to get through this. And There's been three. Okay. Three main ones that popped pop to my mind. Uh, and I think that's probably where there has been the biggest advantage of working with my husband. Yeah. Because funnily enough, in those moments when I have been at my weakest, absolute hip-hop bottom, he's been able to be strong And I've been able to do the same for him, although he's done it probably three times. me, and I think
0: I've only done it once back. (laughs) (laughs) That's not bad, though. Four times in 20 odd years. That's pretty good ratio. So you're someone who's always um, encouraged the kind of importance of learning and and developing. Um, How important do you think having that inquisitive nature, inquisitive personality that you've got is to being a successful business leader?
1: I'm going to say it's important, aren't I, because it's part of my Hmm. nature. I think it's been very important for me. I mean, back in the 80s, 90s, it was called nosy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nowadays, we call it curiosity, (laughs) inquisitiveness, much nicer terms.
0: Healthier.
1: Uh, Yes. And I'm probably not nosy in the traditional sense. I don't ask questions to to be nosy. I ask questions because I'm interested in getting to know somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just you know i 've always been somebody who 's liked to learn, whether it be f- learning through reading or listening to podcasts or uh, you know watching something or even just talking to other uh, business leaders yeah. um so I think it's it's super important it 's how we grew the business It was about i don 't know acknowledging i don 't know something how am I going to find this out you know and when we started, you didn 't have Google where you could type in anything and then you get this whole host of yeah. Uh, answers you know you we literally i used to phone hmrc how do you do this and they used to have this uh, it was like a bit of a small business like new startup team we yeah. so were brilliant you know i can't i can't say how valuable that information was and you know in business and i've done it myself you know you criticize hmrc and and yeah and there are it's a big organization of course they are not perfect yeah. but back in the day uh, there was they were super useful. I got lots of good information. But the bank, we had, back when you had a local branch uh, and you had to, you know, go in and, and bank your money, we had a really good relationship with the local branch. You know, they know who we were um, when you went to bank your checks because people sent your checks through the <laughs> post. Uh, and they were, they were really helpful. They would tell us about, well, you know, you can do this. I know we didn't know we could do that. And so it's just little questions like that. And that, honestly, I probably, if I thought about how um, naive we were in how we did some business yeah. functions, uh, I'd probably be embarrassed. But at the time, you can only do what you know mm. to do.
0: And you're bound to be, there's bound yeah. to be an element of naivety yeah. when
1: you just start. But the generosity of people in sharing information has been uh, fantastic. So. Like I mentioned the banks, the local bank branch, uh, Kirkham NatWest branch doesn't, it isn't there anymore. But we've been a loyal NatWest customer for ever since. In fact, it's the only bank I've ever banked with. Uh, but a lot of my loyalty has come from that time when we yeah. were starting the business, and they would tell us about stuff that would make life easier for us.
0: And you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's it's yeah. interesting now that, because that's something that I think is reflective in Danborough. Mm. And that culture as well, um, and I know one of the things that a lot of people say is, is sort of it's um, about feeling as though you're part of something that's bigger than yourself. This this yeah. kind of organisation. How important is that culture to you, and what do you do um, to sort of ingrain it into the into the business and to to,
1: I don't up, know. to maintain it? I don't know that I do anything. I think one of your questions asked about tactics. And if only I was clever enough to have tactics. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think there was another question you asked me earlier. And I think there's something th- about my optimism, you know, despite on occasions things being tough. I think that comes from this core belief that you have to have hope. Yeah. You have to believe that things will be better. So when they're bad, you have to believe things will be... And I'm quite, I'm quite good at that. I'm okay. quite good at saying um this this bad season won't last
0: do you think that comes from your faith
1: i think a lot of it comes from my faith yeah and life experience yes. you know i've just turned 50. <laughs> so uh, i've got to get that you in don't now, look it. you don't look <laughs> it <laughs> got to get you that can in. keep your job <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah you know you learn that there are seasons there are ups and there are downs and that is like life and it is like business there are good times and there are bad but one thing is for sure the bad times do pass yeah they do pass they may only they may come back again and i'm pretty sure they will um but it's okay because it does get better and i think that's that's the hope that's the belief that i have to have and probably that comes through in my leadership Uh, in some positive ways but on occasion you know i don't know maybe i can come across as a bit dismissive of um you know bad. Oh, it'll it'll be fine it'll be fine i try hard not to yeah um but i you know i am aware that i I probably would want to sweep the bad stuff under the carpet and just wait till it's all gone Uh, (laughs) but when you're leading a business you can't do that you've got to face it yeah i often talk about um having a a can of worms. So we open the can, and there's all these worms. You've Just got to look the worms in the eye and get rid of them one by one, <laughs> and it's it's hard at times.
0: But looking forward, then, as you, as you just said there, how much time do you personally devote to strategy, forward planning? I know you do lots of strategy days with the with the directors mm. and with the, the managers and stuff. How how important has that been for you? And is how much of that do you, do you would you suggest other business leaders do? Uh, it's it's very much personal
1: because we're all wired slightly different and one of one of my so we we did something called the clifton strengths finder one of my top five strengths is futuristic Mm -hmm. so looking at the future is something i'm i'm quite good at i don't find hard what i probably find harder is translating that into some kind of methodical logical plan i can talk about it i can inspire i can vision but then translating it to a step-by-step
0: process. It's more tangible. I
1: fi- yeah, I find a bit harder. I would much rather <laughs> inspire someone else to do it, okay. I think. But the reality is I can't always do that. Yeah. So I probably feel that I need to spend more time than I do okay. looking at the future and where we're going to be. But I'm acutely aware that I am. you are not going to get the best uh, if I do it alone.
0: When you were growing so, the business, was that the case though? When you were in the in the earlier days,
1: I think in the earlier days we were just very reactive. Okay. The business just came to us. Yeah. We did we did engage a marketing company, and that did help grow us uh, in the early years. Uh, and that Damien sorted all that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just we just grew. We were in a sector that was growing, and we were well positioned. Um, and it just, yeah, we just reacted. I think latterly, when your business kind of stops growing and you enter a bit of a dip, which we, you know, has happened. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. What in terms of
0: in terms of looking looking into the future, both whilst you were growing the business, and, yeah,
1: and... I, I think as as the business got bigger, we needed some more uh, some structure because communicating with everybody about your plans and how things are going to be different how things are going to get better how you're going to improve how you're going to grow how you're going to involve become more and more important and you can't do that unless you have a plan you can do it when you're all sat in the same office that's dead easy you probably do it every single day but as we've got bigger that need to communicate what we're doing and where we're heading becomes uh, more essential and so you have your plans and Communication is still something we yeah. need to get better at.
0: Yeah. And, and now, that we're at the, the le- now that the company's at the level that, that it's at and, and you're at the level you're at, as somebody who's achieved a lot in life and in business, what's your driving force to continue now? Like Damien's stepping away, obviously, to, mm. for, for different reasons, but why, why don't you? you know, what, why do you want to carry on? What do, you, what do you want to do? What do you still want to achieve? So that's quite a lot of questions
1: it's it's a good question i suppose it speaks to what motivates me
0: yeah what what gets me
1: out of bed in the morning it's it's not money i mean i suppose you could say we're at a time of life and we've achieved a certain amount of success so uh, we have what we need we have more than what we need we absolutely do uh and i'm grateful for that because that takes away a lot of pressure when you don't have enough then that brings with it a lot of heaviness a lot of pressure yeah um and so so putting that to one side, I, I love what I do. Do you know what? I love, I love coming to work, I have a meeting this morning with, with the HR team. So our head of HR is on maternity at the moment. So we've got two um, less experienced, but uh, very able young ladies who are uh, helping look after uh, everybody and, and do what needs. <laughs> I've had a great meeting with them this morning. You know, they're coming in with ideas. And I think what I do well, is I think I empower quite well. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 probably because naturally I'm a delegator, so I will delegate. But what I don't do is delegate so that I have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I I am always a believer that you, I suppose this comes from maybe my, my dad and my background with hard, you know, hard work. You have got to, I would I would hate to think that people don't think I work hard. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a right thing, I don't necessarily think it is, but I would never ask anybody to do something I wasn't prepared yeah. to do myself. So whether if I ask you to work late, I will be like, I will work late with you.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, if I ask you to come in early, I'll come in early with you. Like I will often be the one that opens up this building in the morning yeah. when our usual say, person is that, on the whole, Well I don't know if they see it. A lot but, of do, I think. and I don't I don't need people to see it, but I would hate people to think that I was asking them to do something that I wasn't prepared to do myself so uh, I say that so I delegate I have that and then I have this if you don't delegate how do people learn so you know the people team at the moment are just they just seem to be responding really well Mm. uh, to that and they they will make mistakes we all make mistakes I still make mistakes and I'm pretty sure I always will but you just got to learn from them yeah but that's I just think that's amazing.
0: So seeing young people like oh, that respond to those situations, that's yeah. really encouraging for you.
1: Yeah, I have, um, I have this... So what's my purpose in my role? My purpose in my role is to cast vision and remove barriers. Mm-hmm. So nobody in this business can make a decision in the, that can have the same... This, this might come out wrong. But as the most senior person in the organisation... There are some things that I can decide to do that nobody else has the authority to do. That's a super privileged and powerful position to have. If I wanted to change a policy about something or change the rules about something, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has that. So that's why I say remove barriers. Because if there's a barrier in this organization because somebody hasn't the authority to change something, then I would want them to come and see me because actually I could make the decision. Yeah. Just go do it. Okay. Or we won't do that anymore. Or we won't do it like that. Or do you know what? I'll look into that and I'll make sure that the rules are changed to allow it or not allow it. Or
0: because yeah. I suppose in your position, you're the ultimate barrier. In some, you could be the yeah, ultimate barrier. I in
1: absolutely some could. It. This is why. This is why feedback is so important. Yeah. This. This is why I want people to tell me what is wrong, mm. or how they think it could be better, and then because I I have this uh, like helicopter view across the group, which again is a is a unique perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, you might think, Oh, this would be a great idea, why aren't we doing that? And you could come and share it with me and I might say, Oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. Let's just go and do it. Or I might say, Great idea, but did you know this, this and this? And if we did this, this if we did that, then it would affect this, this and this.
0: Yeah. Is that what we want? So the benefit of your experience to sort of Yeah. Yeah. What about away from work? And, mm-hmm. and flipping it on its head a little bit in terms of how you relax and downtime and all that sort of stuff. What do you, what do, you do to relax? Away probably
1: from super down boring. Down. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what do I do to relax? I saw this question coming. up. it's the one where an answer didn't just quite come into my head.
0: <laughs> that probably um, says a lot, Helen.
1: <laughs> so, I think because I love my job, and if you spoke to my youngest daughter, she was she would say, yeah, "You love work more than anything else."
0: Um, I know you read a lot
1: i do read but i read mainly on holiday okay i'm working my way through a book at the moment so i don't read every night but i'll have a little bit depends on the book if i'm engrossed it's all i ever do so i read i I go walking because i have this steps goal yep um so i do that watch tv Uh, i'm not a massive telly person damien loves to watch tv so that's what we do together um
0: what are you watching at the minute
1: Oh, now you're asking. We've just started. There'll be loads something of people starting
0: watching this now. Called <laughs> Whatever she says.
1: Slow horses. Okay. Uh, I think it's already two seasons in and we're just watching the first one. Um and that I quite like that. And then we have my favourite, my current favourite, but we're up to date with it, was Yellowstone.
0: Oh, the Which just is a Paramount
1: Plus one. Uh, so anything that I've loved that one. And then one called Tulsa King which uh, is like, is it Sylvester Stallone? He's, <laughs> he's in that. that's all right. Um,
0: in terms of relaxing, has that got easier over time? Do you, do you find that easier now? Because you were saying earlier about mm. doing 15-hour days and stuff when you were first starting the business. Has that got, now that, you know, passing it on to growing the business, other people taking charge of different things?
1: There's, there's less need to work with that intensity. Yeah. Because my workload is more uh, manageable, but it's never-ending. Okay. Uh, and so you do, you know, I've got better at having a cut off, you know, I'm going home or, you know, I'm not doing that. I like can wait till tomorrow or next week or next month. So I have I have got better, but I I don't know that shutting off's got any easier. Right. I actually. Because I do I do go on holiday and I do I do check my emails. Yeah. Uh, and if I see something that needs action in, I will sort it out. Less and less, because the business does run day to day without me. Mm. Like if I got knocked over by a bus and needed three months to recover, this business would still be going. Okay. You know, nothing would stop, um, which is which is great, because that does, you know, the responsibility of running the business is shared now.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we've got five other directors. Um. But yeah, switching off is an interesting one. <laughs> I don't take work home. Okay. So I don't. We we have a, s- a computer at home, so I could work at home, but very rarely do I say, Oh, I'm just going to do something in the office. I do all my work at the office yeah. and I go home and I might make tea. That happens less these days. <laughs> Damien does a bit more of the cooking or do a bit of tidying up. The weekends are usually, you know, Saturday's my washing day. So I do all the washing. <laughs> all the
0: exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. We might go out for breakfast or have a little walk, take the dogs. Uh, Sunday, we usually go to church. Some of the kids might come round or we'll visit Damien's mom and yeah. her husband. So, like, just dead normal stuff.
0: I suppose working, yeah. working from home stuff, so you've, you've not got far to commute really, have you? No, like <laughs>
1: three-minute walk. It probably takes me five minutes because I'm slow, but literally it's just round the corner, Yeah, which is, is great.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you that I didn't ask you earlier was about um, being a, a woman in business. Would you say that's been harder? I suppose you've not got much for frame of reference, but...
1: No, I don't like... I have a, a bit of a sense of discomfort when we talk about the differences between women and men in business. There are differences. Uh, I actually think now is a really good time to mm. be a woman and be in business or be a business leader. Because I think a lot of what the workforce expects are inherent qualities in in females. Yeah. Um, not, um, that's very much a generalisation, um, but still.
0: Just more feminine qualities.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just that care. Uh, it's not all about the profit.
0: Okay. Well, what so... about what about earlier on when you mentioned um, with Grace and the regret that you had about mm. when she was when she was little? Does Damien share that? Is that a similar? No. So th- that must be different.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's definitely differences. There are definitely different challenges for a woman in business. I guess I guess we grew up in the business. Damien was like the lead role and I was like the second. Okay. And I, I looked after the children and the home. and um, Damien didn't do any cooking until the last... 12, 18 months. So it's <laughs> a new skill he's learned and actually he's quite good at it um, with the help of HelloFresh. Bit of a plug there. Yeah. Uh, so, so traditionally, you know, that man is the head, woman is the second. You know, I know that's very much an 80s, 90s mentality, but that, that was our life experience. Uh, I think with that, I probably carried my own hang-ups rather than having them put on me. So... Did people, when I became MD, uh, it was this do people think I'm MD just because Damien's let me be it?
0: Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, I once had someone say that to me. Even You're like, only there because of him.
0: Wow, okay. Even though they'd work, like you've, you've been in business yeah. together since the very start. Yeah,
1: yeah always, always the perception because he held the most senior role. It was, it was always equal between the two of us, but the perception is it wasn't quite so equal because I wasn't in the business all the time. I wasn't the one making all the the big decisions or the the i wasn't the one out there facing the market networking winning business
0: okay. um how did you feel about I was that, that, that i more
1: behind do you know what i actually told them to be careful what they said
0: <laughs> was this an employee or an external
1: no it was it was an employee okay um I just said, I think you need to watch what you say, or something like that, because I was probably an uncharacteristic reaction okay. for me. But I just, I just felt, Do you know what, I have, I've paid my dues. Mm. I've actually earned where I have got yeah. to, and I've worked just as hard, differently, but just as hard. And the sacrifice has been just as yeah, definitely. Uh, you know just just the same we both made sacrifices uh, there were different sacrifices but it doesn't mean they were any any easy or any less or worth less so I think we in a woman in business I think you have more difficult decisions when it comes to balancing family okay. and work and I think it's probably one of the contributing factors as to why we don't have more women in leadership yeah because some women choose not to make that sacrifice. Do you know what? Hats off to them.
0: I suppose they have the choice. They have yeah. a choice to make Whereas a lot They make of problems, another kind it. of
1: sacrifice. It yeah. just looks different. You know, they sacrifice their career potential or their earnings potential, um, you know, and, and they choose to invest in this human being uh, and give them the absolute best start. Yeah. I, I made a sacrifice. I did that in the early years, but then at work, absolutely you know and the sacrifice was i wasn't around Mm. as much yeah you know for the kids i wasn't always there when they finished school Mm. um and it's it's just different isn't it and you make a choice and i think it's right that you always have that choice and i don't think men have to make that choice to the same extent that women do
0: yeah
1: and i would fiercely protect that choice
0: so would you have if you were to give one piece of advice to uh a a budding entrep- bud female entrepreneur, what what would that be? So a
1: piece of advice I once had, and at the time, I worked part-time, but I just knew, do you know, one day I'd like to run this business. Mm. And it was before Damien was even thinking of ever stepping down as MD. And had he
0: annoyed you that day?
1: <laughs> no, I just think, do you know what? I just just recognised that I have this... Um, Ability to lead. And actually, I was probably quite good at it. But more than that, bloody loved it. You know, I just liked uh, getting to grips with things and seeing how things could pull together. And, um, you know, anyway. So, and I remember chatting a business coach I was seeing at the time saying, but I could never be MD because I work part-time and I love working part-time. Flip side of this, I actually loved being a stay-at-home mom. And some of my, most treasured times were when i used to go out with my friends and have lunch mm. in the day or i'd go around the house and i'd get all my jobs done and i'd be done for like 11 o'clock you know and then i'd, I'd do other things i'd be there to pick the kids up chatting in the school playground i and I, I love like posturing around at home tidying up and making tea and doing doing those domestic things i actually super enjoy that yeah. as well um and so uh, but she said to me she said why why not she said helen you can have it all And i said and she said it's your business why can't you be a part-time md and i haven't got a good enough answer but you know that really inspired me she taught me that i don't have to conform to what i think is a traditional yeah. md i don't have to operate in the same way that damien operated i don't have to work the same hours so for any woman who has aspirations to um Uh, run a business uh, and have a family, I would say work out a way you can have it all.
0: Yeah, there's no reason. Because you
1: don't have to conform. Jobs don't look nine to five anymore. You know, just work out what you need to do a bit of both.
0: Wow. And what about, um, in general, you've probably answered this question already, but what's your favourite thing about owning your own business now (sighs) or when you started or whenever, however you want to answer that question?
1: Oh, my gosh, the power. (laughs) And I say that from just, I have a big heart, but do you know what? The power that you have, when you run a business that uh, has some success, you have such power to make a difference. And I get so much joy out of that. It's, yeah, it's untrue. Like the stuff we do with Operation Orphan. Uh, I I love the fact that we have the ability to do stuff like that. Mm. Or even something as simple as, uh, you know, an employee might need a certain thing, and you can say, "You know what? I'll, g- I'll get that sorted for you." Mm. You know, it, it's just that it is. Power feels like such a, a dirty word, doesn't it? And really, but actually, with if you have, if you find yourself in a position with any kind of power, and we all have it to a certain extent, how how you wield it is yeah. makes such a difference. Don't use it, use it to, it to clobber sense. people. Yeah. Use it to be a a stepping stone or a ladder help people climb yeah. up out that's what i That one thing it's always the thing that pops to my head when well i'm glad get you
0: mentioned that because like, we haven't we haven't covered operation orphan we haven't covered the damborough foundation any of that sort of stuff do you think if you'd not gone into business with damien do you think if you'd not started damborough together and you'd not got to where you got to in, in in business you know you've got an mbe you're a deputy lieutenant you've got you know you're on the boards of different charities do you think you've would got to that if you hadn't started your own business would we've even wanted to? I suppose.
1: Uh, I think having the business and it being you—you uh, you have a business and it become—it has a profile, doesn't it, in your locality through your employees and through the networking that you do as a business leader, and so that gets you noticed. So these opportunities yeah. uh, come. So I do think if we hadn't have done Danbrough, we'd have done something else. Mm-hmm. So maybe that something else would have led to those same opportunities. Would I have actively pursued any of those opportunities? Perhaps not, because I don't think I'd have had the confidence. Okay. I think as the business has grown, and as I have grown as a person, you get a bit more confidence, oh, perhaps I could do that. You know, or, you know, I, I didn't have such a high regard for my abilities. You know, hung, had lots of hang-ups around not having a degree, not finishing my A levels. Um, you know, not having that traditional business experience. Like I've only been a business leader in my own business. Yeah. Do I really deserve to be here? You know, do people think I'm a good leader? Nobody actually ever tells you. You never really get much feedback. I mean, Damien will say, you know, you do a good job, and uh, you know, some of the people will say, oh yeah, I think you really good at that doesn't happen often Mm. so you treasure those times but it's that whole thing i think we all live with is when you're in a work environment how am i doing
0: that imposter syndrome oh
1: well i don't know if it's imposter it's, it's a bit of insecurity in that how am i doing is this coming across how i want it to come across yeah you know when you're doing a presentation are people receiving from this what i want them to receive from this which is always a takeaway to encourage somebody or build Yes. somebody up but you never it's just that how am I doing and you'll always judge yourself a little bit more harshly yeah. I think
0: what about the future what about where Danborough's going where do you, where do you see it what's the ultimate ambition from where you are now
1: oh, what's the ultimate ambition I don't know to be, to be bigger to grow mm-hmm. to be better uh, to see more people succeed and flourish to be more of a an, a positive influence i just think do more of what we've been able to do already
0: mm.
1: you know i'd love our, our profitability to be back where it was in its heyday um you know and i believe i'm working with a team that can help deliver that brilliant you know we have some amazing people here
0: well the final question um is one that we're going to be asking asking to every contributor. Okay. Um, and what we wanted to, to know was how you would define success, both yourself you know, and yeah. in, in your family, and also the business in general.
1: Yeah. So success for me is being surrounded by people you love and who love you. And that can be at home or it can be at work. And that's it. And so I don't think it would matter whether or not I was the CEO of a, you know, a reasonable size business employing X number of people or whether I was stacking shelves at a supermarket. I always joke that if anything happened to Danbro, that would be what I'd go and do because I actually think I would get a lot of of, uh, joy out of making sure the cans were all facing the right way and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, that boils down to that. Nobody... uh, Nobody sits on the, or lies on the deathbed and thinks, oh, wish I'd have spent more time at work. You know, it's oh, we should have spent more time with the people I love. So surely success has got to be being surrounded by people you love uh, and being loved. And That's I fantastic. felt a lot of love when I turned 50, not just from people I'm blood related to either. Lots of people here at Danbro, uh, I felt a lot of love and it was really, really honouring but really humbling as well.
0: Brilliant. So, yeah. I think that's a great place to leave it. Yeah. So thank you very much for doing this, Helen. And um, we'll see you next time with another guest. Thank okay. you.